March 12th, 2023, we're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim, we're in the midst of learning about the Piratim, uh, the details of Midat Nikiyut here in Perek Yod Aleph, and um, Ramhal is up to addressing different Midot, he dealt with um, several circumstances of sins in the objective sense that we fall prey to in our attempt to arrive at Nikiyut, at cleanliness, we have to look into those and be able to fix them accordingly. And now he's going to address different midot, different character traits. And the first of which, uh, he told us, will be that of ga'ava. So starting with the paragraph, hine kelal inyan ha-ga'ava. Right, hine kelal inyan ha-ga'ava hu ma-shaha-adam ma-hashiva atzmo be-atzmo. U-bilvavo yedameh ki lo na'ava tehila. Ga'ava, haughtiness, is a circumstance where a person uh, is mahashiv, they lend importance to themselves, and in turn, in their heart and mind, they assume that goodness is coming to them, or should be coming to them, uh, that they deserve that stature and uh, significance. He doesn't significantly write, Ramchal, that a person shouldn't appreciate and understand who they are. And that would be uh, perhaps the opposite. To debase a, per- a personality, to say to yourself that you are nothing, is uh, also not healthy. There's a careful balance between uh, arriving at self-esteem and not arriving, not entering into this domain of haughtiness. In truth, the way I was taught it many times, is that haughtiness is oftentimes, if not always, um, the product of quite the opposite. When a person doesn't have self-esteem, in order to fill that void, in order to uh, in their own lives, in their own uh, approaches of, uh, of others and circumstances, situations, they fill their feeling of uh, self-nothingness with a fall, with a fake uh, appearance, and they'll even convince themselves that they're important and deserving of honor and grandeur. So it means that self-esteem could be, if anything, the opposite of haughtiness, and Mesilat Yisharim is specifically, as are the many Ba'alei Musar, warning us and uh, reminding us to distance ourselves from that feeling, from that approach and life and demeanor of haughtiness, not of not having self-esteem. Self-esteem might be where it begins, the avodah away from ga'ava. He says there are several uh, mindsets, several thoughts that can bring a person to haughtiness and several uh, approaches within the domain of how you act as a haughty individual. Some people will think about themselves and consider themselves, give them a higher stature as a Baal Seichel, as a person who has wisdom. Others will envision themselves as being na'eh, they're beautiful, they're good-looking. Others will assume that they have a certain dignity, a certain status. Others will envision themselves as being really great and grand. Others will envision and see themselves as being very wise. If a person assumes and realizes their situation, they are in turn imperiled, they're endangered, uh, falling into this trap known as Ga'ava. Ach. However, Unfortunately, 
a person who has arrived wrongfully at this character trait of Gava, he will, she will have many different approaches and they'll each be detailed because sometimes it's confusing. A person who's acting in such a fashion, a person who sees another might be mistaken in saying, oh, that's not holiness. That's actually extreme piety. That's an individual who has a real modesty. Instead, says Ramchal, if you scratch the surface, if you look into these many different derivations carefully, you'll understand these are all ways of uh, fulfilling wrongfully this character trait of ga'ava, of hodiness. You'll even find opposite approaches with regards to a person who has hodiness, one who flaunts it and the other one who hides it in, in their approach of that character trait. But they all are born out of the same reason, they have the same root. And in truth, each and every one of them will be focused and purposed on the same outcome. They're looking to achieve the same goal, and that is self-honor, distinguishing themselves from others. I recently read some of the biography of Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, recently published. There's a full chapter on haughtiness and the opposite, of course, anava, with regards to his approach to life. And among other things, what impressed me most is that one of his students said that what was a margela befume, they believed that this was what he repeated the most, was the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin and Dafyodalit. The Gemara over there says, Have kavel vekayam. It's significant, it's necessary that a person be kavel vekayam. Kavel Rashi translates as dark. You should put yourself in the darkness. You should obscure yourself. Instead of displaying yourself to others, you should be obscured. You should be hidden from the limelight. That in turn will give you kiyum. That will give you the ability to endure. Uh, the Nimuke Yosef similarly interprets it as being uh, modest, being humble, not it displaying, not having that haughtiness. That was a character trait his students and children described of Rabbi Kanievsky, which he really lived his life by. As a, his father, the Stipler Gaon, would uh, often talk about this apparently a lot as well. He wrote about it. Additionally, this was a principle which he taught his children. His children describe, I mean, it's unfathomable, but his children describe that growing up, they, one of them, it's written in the book, says it couldn't be such a reality today for one reason or another. So we grew up and didn't realize we had a different father and didn't realize we lived in a different, unique family. Uh, to be able to come to that means that it's a person who ingrained within their personality a certain character trait which distances any ga'ava because it's one thing to realize that my father is humble. It's another thing to not realize that my father is distinguished and different from others when he quite literally is absolutely different and set apart from all others. He would apparently quote as well from Mabit. Mabit uh, has, a, has a book uh, uh, called Bet Elokim, and then he describes how in Tehiyat Metim, however you conceptualize this, says in Tehiyat Metim, the order in which people will be resurrected from the dead is alphabetical. It'll go based on Aleph Bet, which I imagine is something along the lines in its most basic interpretation. There won't be honor that's uh, given to people during Tehiyat Metim. It'll go uh, one by one without giving a specific honor. It's just based on the alphabetical, the Abraham, well, would you know it? That'll be me. We'll go somewhat first, and then uh, someone with a name starts with the Taf will go. At the end of it, meaning we're not designating some over others, 
We're just going in some sort of order, which is pre, uh, preordained. So, but Rabbi Kanievsky would add that in different books, it points out that people who specifically exemplified during their lifetime the midav anava, the opposite of ga'ava, who didn't have haughtiness, well, they'll rise first. It doesn't spell this out in the book, but I imagine those two go hand in hand. In other words, if the concept is in mabit, that the hayata metim will not be determined based on stature and status. Well, it stands to reason, not necessarily, but it does stand to reason as a as an extension of that, that the person who very much has debased themselves, as the individual will be standing first. It means it's not going based on what you've established yourself with and in that way in this world. It continues Ramhal with regards to this midah, Hara'a, uh, this detrimental midah character trait of Ga'ava. Some people will feel, because of how they've established themselves in their minds, that they have to act according to their stature, according to their level. And therefore, they have a COVID rav. They have a real heaviness to anything and everything that they do in order to draw attention. Whether it's when they're walking, sitting, stopping, moving, anything and everything. They'll take very careful, slow, and deliberate steps. Every step is significant to them because they're an important person. And when they sit, they'll sit backwards with their chest um, facing upward. In other words, they're leaning backwards, almost as if they're sitting. It's not just a simple sitting on the edge of their chair, but they're taking ownership of this seat because they are an important individual. They'll slowly slither up when they stand up from sitting down like a snake in that respect as this is a person who's lending uh, significance and importance to their every action. They won't in turn talk to anyone and everyone, only with the more dignified, higher level individuals of the nation. And even when they're talking in their midst, even in those circumstances, they'll talk quickly and a certain quip, a certain statement, which is, the way of the Avdei Avodah Zarav. Chol she'ar ma'asav bitmu'otav v'ulotav ma'achalom mishtav malbushav v'chodir achav and so too in any and every other circumstance and way of life, whether it's their movement, whether it's their actions, their food, their drink, any and every one of those, yitnaheg bikvedut gadol, everything will be with a certain heaviness. Ki ilu kol besaro oferet, as if their whole flesh is lead, vechol atzamav even or hol, and all of their bones are stone or, or sand. That's one, and perhaps the most common way that you and I will imagine a person who's haughty. It's a person who's slow and calling attention to themselves, through that deliberate nature. However, and Ramchal is very carefully and purposefully saying to us, don't imagine that if you don't fall into one of these, oh, that's not Gava. Or if an individual whom you know is not in one of these, that's not Gava. Because there are so many categories, so many ways that a person can act upon the same flawed, flawed mindset and approach of Gava. Alternatively, there's individuals whom 
they imagine about themselves since their words are so significant, since their mind and their approach is what's of most importance, uh, they'll get angry at everything and anything that comes in their way that isn't the way they see it right. They're not happy. You're asking me? For that, there's anger, there's fury in any of those human interactions. If a person has the audacity in their mind to come close to them, to ask them a question, they'll throw them off with an angry, vociferous response. And their face will be all angered and, and red at any and every time. Another derivative of Ga'ava. Then you'll have individuals whom, because of their Ga'ava, will assume that they're so important that any marks of designation any description, any approach to them with respect, oh, they're not, uh, that's, that's not enough for them. And as a result, they'll act as if they're pious. And they'll go out of their way to put away, to put aside and to put down anyone who tries to give them honor. However, internally, their their hearts, their minds are really elevated, saying to themselves, I'm so high that I don't need that sort of honor. And all I can do is to, to give up on it because uh, what do I need it for? And even if they try to give it to me, they can't even come close to it. Because I already have all the honor that I could need. I mean, listen. I, I there's a book um, written by uh, about Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach, and I remember the, the pictures in it, in which there's these this his face facial expression. He's sitting on the dais at some uh, some event in which there are many people congregated. I guess like a siyum hashas of some sort. And Rabbi Arbach, you see his face. Just initially, he's he's shocked. And then his hands are waving, and they took picture by picture. You know, this is before, I guess, you can have so many, but it's four or five pictures. And then you see, uh, and then you see him just laughing out loud. And uh, with the description, I mean, you see his, his face filled with, uh, with, laugh, with laughter. And the description of what t- took place was that unbeknownst to him, they start introducing him, and they introduce him as Harav, Hagaon, Peir, Hador, Vador, and so on and so forth. And you see his expressions internally and externally as they're doing it. First, he's shocked. And then he's a little bit put down. Then he just thinks the whole thing's funny. And there's that that's the way they're talking about me. It, it, it's, you know, when you read Ramhal over here, you kind of wonder to yourself, so who is it? What is it? If I don't believe that I should have it or not, it takes pictures like that. And you just, the pictures tells a, tells a million stories. It's, it's, it's greater than any word. Look at it and you see, that's true, Anava. That's an individual who wasn't putting on a show, who wasn't assuming I have it already. They were really, which is an amazing thing, really shocked to have that honor. Uh, in the same biography of Rabbi Kanievsky, it's a description about how he was once writing to a, fa- to a relative, and he starts writing to the relative, Harav, Hagaon, the rabbi, the great wise one, Mefusam, and so on and so forth. And one of his other relatives who oversee, who's watching him and sees him writing that says to him, why are you writing like that? I mean, it's not such a great rabbi. It might not be a rabbi at all. He says, did you see the way he wrote about me? He wrote the exact same words. In other words, he was annoyed by the fact that there was that sort of description. Again, Ramchal says to us, we have to be careful in those sorts of circumstances. Is that true, Anavar? Is it alternatively 
gaava. You have to know the personality, you have to know yourself as to why and how you're acting in those sorts of circumstances. The introducer the What's that? The introducer or the recipient? The recipient. The recipient. Doing, I mean, he's not doing anything. Whoever's introducing him. How do you receive it? How do you receive it when they write it about you? Yeah. The, the description of Rabbi Kanievsky as well was that he would sometimes be waiting outside of ulam uh, semachot, uh, outside of uh, wedding halls or bar mitzvahs or brit milahs, and he would sit in the car and he would open a book in order to study from it. But there would oftentimes people would congregate around the, the, the car and then just peer in and get a lot of nachat and watching him studying Torah. The second he would notice that, he closed the book. He wasn't interested in people, uh, him being a spectacle with regards to his study of Torah. I mean, uh, I guess you just have to know the personality to appreciate. That's true Anava. Rabbi Elyashiv, uh, that was the father-in-law of Rabbi Kanievsky. I lived not too long away from him, uh, far away from him for several years. So at, at one point at the end of his life, one of his grandsons who was being Meshamishim, who was taking care of him, uh, had a video overnight um, looking into the room where he would sleep and then where he would study Torah. And you see him wake up at, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning, I forgot, very early in the morning. And he's in his 90s, his upper 90s, mitgaber ka'ari, sitting down studying Torah without a blink, without uh, being distracted by anything over the course of several hours. I mean, this is the, again, a rabbi in his 90s who knew kol ha-Torah kula at that point, but literally engrossed without any distraction, any care in the world. The story as it's told, it's in the book on Matmit, is that when he found out about it, he was so angry at that grandson, I think he wouldn't allow the grandson to be Mishamashim any longer. So this is my Avodat Hashem. You're looking to publicize that? You're looking to give me some sort of higher platform because of my study, because of me fulfilling my obligations? I mean, it's, it's very difficult to discern for you and me between the person who's truly the anav and the other one who's a ge'eh in our own lives. What is it? When is it that we're actually being anav and when we're being ge'eh? You have to be checking yourself consistently. So I'll tell you, here's a great quote. It says, humility is thinking, uh, is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Very nice. Humility, said from Rabbi Sachs, is not thinking less of yourself. That speaks to what we spoke about earlier. Self-esteem is the bedrock of a personality. It's thinking about yourself less, which again is, is part and parcel with the description over here. Scripture is not having self-esteem will bring you to thinking about yourself more. Alternatively, not that I think less of myself, but that I don't think as much about myself. That's because I do have the proper self-esteem. That's because I don't assume this is coming to me. The Yimmatzeh says, "Mesilat Yisharim ge'e acher sheroselihiot nirsham harbe b'maalotav ulehitiyached b'drachav ad shelo daylo shiyahaleluhu kol ha'olam ala maalot ashero choshev sheeshbo el asherose sheod yarbu lehosif betilato shuhu he anav sheba anavim." Alternatively, it's not that the person thinks that you can't honor them enough, it's that they want, as part of their honor, that they're also the most pious, the most humble. It's an individual who says, I'm so special, I'm so designated, uh, distinguished from others, that I have all the highest quality traits to the extent that I need humility as well. It sounds like an oxymoron. They're a prideful person with their humility. Of course, it's a fake humility. It's humility only with the purpose of raising themselves above others. They're, as a result, looking for the honor 
the uh, distinction by running away from honor. So it's a fake running away. It's not a rea- realistic one. That's what I'm saying. How do you discern? How do you decide if that's you? You have to be honest with yourself. Such an individual will not want any designations, any descriptions, any honorific but internally why is it what is it that's driving them it's quite the opposite they're saying about themselves I'm the most modest I'm the most pious it says these latter two even though they seem to be showing portraying a side of humility Ultimately speaking, it will be revealed their inner intention. What's that? Why is this thing even seen? It's an oxymoron. Like, I make this joke to my kids. Like, like if somebody says, if you tell somebody, oh, you're so smart and humble, and say, yes, I am. <laughs> just disproved this thing. That's right. Thing, but, says, I am humble. but they're not necessarily saying They're not necessarily stating it. They're acting based on it and internally saying that to themselves. You're right. Uh, if they say it out loud. I feel like some rabbis not necessarily are not humble, but they want to be, they don't want to act so humble because they feel like people don't show enough respect for rabbis in general, and then they don't command authority to, to quiet the crowd. And some rabbi walks in, there's a little fear that people quiet down when there's, they come in the room. There's, there's a fine line. I, I think I told you, I was once at a wedding of a, a friend of mine, and he was making a siyum on Shas. I finished all of Talmud by the time of his wedding. And everyone was talking in the room, because that's what people do when we have Ketubah signings. And so he quieted the room and he said, screamed at everyone. He says, I'm not looking for my own kavod, I'm looking for kavod ha-Torah. I don't know. I mean, I, it's a friend of mine, so I'd like to be done the kaf zechut. It didn't seem right to me to be making such. It's a room at a wedding. You're really going to imagine, but you're going to demand the respect for the Torah if it's really... F- Genuine, by all means. If alternatively, alternatively, there's even a shame, it's of self-respect there. Again, there's a fine line in each of these, in every one of them. There's in the in, in Bet Knesset, I once had a conversation with, with a, a rabbi who said to me, he, he prays Amidah for a long time, so he wanted to hide behind the wall when he prays Amidah so the congregation doesn't wait for him. I could say it as an ex, because I'm not him. But for him to say, he says, I don't, I don't get they're going to wait for me. It's going to mess up the whole kahal. Me as an outsider, I said to him, but now you took away from the honor of the kahal, part of the kahal. Sometimes the structure is waiting for the rabbi. It's a certain act of respect on behalf of the people. Again, if it was me making that decision for myself, I would be very biased in that respect. So I do think there is a fine line over here. I do think you want a certain honor which gives a certain appropriate decorum to the people, to the congregation. At the same time, you have to Every person needs to check themselves and determine what's their real inner workings on this. Ukvar Marshulu Hazal, and in truth, there's a Midrashi cites Mesilat Yesharim, Mashal Lebait Maleteven Vaya Babait Horim Vaya Tevenichnas Bayam, to portray the fact that ultimately speaking, it will emerge the true inner intentions. You'll understand this person wasn't actually modest. It was an oxymoron in terms of their modesty. They didn't have modesty, they had haughtiness, which is portrayed through modesty. It's like a home which is filled with with straw 
and there were holes through which the straw was pushed in. Ultimately speaking, there's so much straw pushed into this home, into this uh, chamber, that it begins being pushed out. It can't be held inside any longer. As a result, the people who had been looking in and wondering what's actually inside of there, Shiltevin, as, as, as prominent as this home, as this storehouse looked, ultimately speaking, because it was so filled with straw, with the fake humility that got pushed outward, everybody understood it wasn't something significant. It wasn't true humility. The more a person, quote, fills themselves with humility that's not true humility, the more over the course of time it will become exposed that that's not their true self. Since it is false, since it is fake and not genuine, ultimately speaking, there will be circumstances, many of them, through which it will become revealed, exposed to others, that this individual, this person, is far from being modest and humble. It's quite the opposite. There are yet another group of individuals who are They'll keep it internal. They'll never expose it. But they'll think about themselves that they're the wisest and nobody is as wise as them. And as a result, they won't pay attention to the words and thoughts of others. They can't learn anything from another and anything that they know is clear and the person who's asking a question or objecting has to be wrong. Whether it precedes them or is after them, younger or older, and they have no doubts, no uncertainty about their own thoughts. Any and all of these derivatives are it is the way of ga'ava, of haughtiness, which in turn skews the mind of even the most wise. It will, it will remove the, um, the inner heart and soul of those who have wisdom. It won't only affect the wise ones, it will affect the uh, novices as well. The beginners, they'll imagine that they're as great as the most wise of people from the beginning. It's about all of those whom the Pasuk in Mishle says, God uh, has this scorn and this hatred for those who are Givalev. Of course, Arambam in Perik Bet of describes uh, the doctrine of the mean. He looks to, uh, to character traits as us looking to calibrate ourselves appropriately to kind of hit the sweet spot in the middle when it comes to ga'ava, when it comes to ka'a, there's no room for a middle zone. That middle zone is pasul in these circumstances. And a person needs to understand, needs to comprehend that ga'ava is that blindness 
which the mind of a person won't allow for you to uh, purpose to, to uh, mindfully be able to appreciate. Uh, but you need to overcome that. If you were to tr- see the truth, or if you were to perceive what is the reality, you didn't turn distance yourself as much as you could from Gaba. Says when we talk about the positive end of things, the anava, the humility, the piety, the modesty, which we're going to talk about much later in the book. We'll discuss this more. You want to know why it's later in the book? Because it's later on the list of Rabbi Pinehas ben Yair. Of course, the book is structured after that statement, of, as we've said more than once, of Rabbi Pinehas ben Yair, this structure, this direction of character traits. Anava is at the end of it. Why is anava at the end of it? Hasagata, rather, it's placed at the end because to come to as human beings, that sweet spot to toe the line between self esteem and not having a haughtiness, to be able to appreciate ourselves for who we are, to be able to see the gadlut in ourselves and other human beings while at the same time being able to, in the words of Charles in the name of Rabbi Sachs, not think about ourselves too much. Well, that's not a simple feat, but it is and must be at the forefront of our minds because a person who's filled with haughtiness is a person who no longer is open to challenges and is a person who's closed themselves to growth. To be naki from ga'ava is the beginning, an um, essential beginning to a life of growth, to a life of growth in Torah and mitzvot, in self-development and in any and every endeavor. Baruch